Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, just like that, it looks like the New England Patriots can play with just about anyone in the NFL. They uh, put a whooping on the L.A. Chargers, 45 nothing, 45 points and 69 yards passing for for Cam Newton. Crazy game, but uh, it's uh, getting interesting. And uh, Turtle Boy explained to you how the Patriots are going to be right back in the playoff hunt within within a matter of days. Also, we got a new hero, an L.A. restaurant owner who tells her story, and it goes viral, and you just got to root for her. And uh, Pete Davidson, we got an anti-hero. Pete the Punk Davidson sides with the petty tyrants against the uh, working people in his neighborhood. And uh, WEEI, my old station, is feuding with a, uh, with a New York guy, and you'll be surprised. I'm going to take side of my old my old colleagues uh we'll we'll get into all that on the callahan podcast brought to you today larry bird's birthday by dcu digital federal credit union you love your car but hate your car payment no problem refinance your car today with dcu and they could help lower your monthly payment lower your interest rate or both applying is easy and the loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget get out of that high rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from dcu learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance, insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, Colin, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. It is December 7th, uh, Pearl Harbor Day, and also uh, Larry Bird's birthday. The greatest uh, small forward ever uh, turned 64 today. And, he's, and he looks as good as ever, in my opinion. He looks as as handsome, as dashing as ever. Um, I... I I will always say, I'll say to the dad die, the greatest professional athlete I ever had the uh, the honor to, to to watch on a daily basis. It was a treat. I guess it'd be like, you know, the next generation watching Tom Brady or, you know, watching Cam Newton these days. I mean, my goodness, yesterday was uh, was pretty impressive. Cam Newton threw for 69 yards. Which was your favorite? Turtle Boy, which of the uh, 69 yards he threw for was your favorite? Because uh, he also... Oh, Nikhil Harry caught a pass. That's true. And um, and um, Baker Mayfield had threw for four touchdown passes in the first half, which is the same amount that Cam, Cam Newton had for the season until he threw that touchdown pass. And now he has five. He has five. He's only 31 touchdown passes behind Aaron Rodgers on the season. But we'll talk about that. that, that yesterday's uh, Patriots game, was it was one of those moments you watch and you go, I've never seen anything like this. That's you know what, Turtle Boy and Cullinane, that's why sports is great because sometimes you sit there and think you've watched this team, watched this sport a million times. And I was sitting there watching this game going, I've never seen anything like it. It was the greatest miss coaching mismatch I think I've ever seen. I mean, Belichick, we all know, is the best ever. But I'm going to go right now. I'm going to go on the record saying Anthony Lynn's the worst coach in uh, NFL history. What do you guys think? Adam Gase is going to give him a run for his money. Yeah, Jeff. that's a good point. Adam Gase and 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 Anthony Lynn, that's, uh, that's three games right there for Bill Belichick. And as I tweeted watching this game, it, it struck me how silly. And it wasn't, re- it wasn't a lot of talk about tanking for Trevor, about going for the top pick, you know, when the Patriots were uh, hit their low point uh, a few weeks back. Uh, can you imagine Bill Belichick going two and fourteen or one and fifteen, which is what it takes to get Trevor Lawrence? He went five and eleven his first year. Uh, uh, he, he went five and thirteen till Tom Brady came along. But five and eleven is—I'm going to say—I'm going to do the math quick. But about four games better than what it will take 
to get Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, you saw the Jets working overtime yesterday, and that was the one time all day that I just laughed out loud. When the Jets had whatever it was, four or five-point lead on the last play of the game, and their cornerback bites on the on the hitch and go. Blitzed eight guys. That, that, I, I saw the breakdown. I believe it was six. They sent six oh, guys, and it's the first time a team did that in the NFL this year on the last play of the game with the lead. But the, but they let they let deep receivers get behind them twice on the last two plays. The last play of the game. If you saw this in Pop Warner, you'd you'd just uh, lose it. The last play of the game, they let the receiver do a hitch and go, and the guy the corner bites on the hitch, gets beat deep, and they lose the game on a really easy deep throw from. Uh, uh, from Derek Carr, uh, and and it, it felt like if you're a Jets fan, and you know I don't know too many Jets fans, but that had to be a, a just a hilarious moment because you don't want to win that game, do you? No. Jacksonville. What's his, name? Uh, what's his name at Barstool? KFC did a pretty funny video about watching watching it, and then uh, when they pull that off, he's all he's celebrating stuff. Like, it's it's exactly the way you wanted to go, isn't it? If you're yes, I mean, they, they almost blew because uh, because Jacksonville blew it too, obviously, in overtime. If Jacksonville uh, wins, you get a two-game cushion, but they blew it, and you know, they did what they had to do. So that, and I know, I know Turtle Boy is a diehard Patriots fan. You, you're scared of Trevor Lawrence being in the same division. So yeah, you're, I, rooting, I, you're rooting for the Jets to win that game. Just right? to win Jacksonville to lose, because unlike you, Jerry, you're not like a fan. You're just in it for the sport of it all. You're not really that mentally invested. I am. And I don't want to go against Trevor Lawrence for the next 15 years. Okay. I, I've enjoyed the last 20 years of beating the shit out of them and the fact that their best quarterback. Is has been Chad Pennington. I've, I've greatly enjoyed that. Just, we can play good teams outside of our own division. That's okay. I would prefer our division to suck. And we already have Josh. I Allen. like. I like good quarterback. I like watching. I like watching Josh Allen play now. And I. I, I mean, I think I'll enjoy watching Tua twice a year. You know, if he yeah. if he stays healthy and stay and, and is, remains the starter. But I would like to see Trevor Lawrence. But beside that, you really. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be a generational talent. Do you think he can, uh, if he goes to the Jets, do you think ever he'll be great? Or do you think he will, uh, you think the Jets will devour him, eat him alive, ruin him, and, and he'll struggle or maybe get hurt like Sam Darnold? No, he'll be great. I mean, Sam Darnold sucked. That was the worst draft pick ever. Sam Darnold sucked in college. I never understood the Sam Darnold hype. You know what his record was against Notre, against Notre Dame? It was like 0-3. He sucked. I mean, you go to USC, he did nothing in the Pac-12 his entire life. And because he's like a big body, a big goofy blonde guy, they're like, oh, well, he can be good. He's, he's, he's got not that big, but he does. He, he has poise and he sounds smart. He and, he, and, uh, and you know what? He's available. The Patriots can need a quarterback. Uh, no, next I, got year. A quarterback. I got a quarterback for the Patriots, Jerry. Taysom Hill. Zach Wilson. Did you watch Who's that uh, Coastal Carolina BYU game, which was a lot of fun? And he came up one yard short, but uh, he's. And then I started doing my research. The first mock draft I logged on, it was, I believe it was Bleacher Report, has Zach Wilson going to the Patriots. So, well, Joe, what do you think? Taysom Hill. Do you think the Saints, they're not going to keep him next year? Would you want him as a quarterback? Because he looks good. Of course, you want to what? What, what you, you think a forty-two-year-old Drew Brees with eleven broken ribs is your future? No, I mean, do you think that Drew Brees is going to be the quarterback of the Saints next year? Uh, I'm going to say uh, no. I'm going to say I Taysom. He'll stay in New Orleans then. Um, he, he'll stay for one more year and then he'll be the starter. I don't know, but that's yeah, your prediction, Taysom Hill. Uh, what about Jameis Winston? You think Belichick could fix him? 
<laughs> There's no fixing Jameis. That would be fun. That'd be a fun project. But yesterday, watching this absolute dominance, I, and it, it makes you wonder, you know, like, why, if you're the, if you're Dean Spanos and you own the Chargers, why don't you fire your coach at halftime? Why don't you fire him in the post-game locker room? How can you watch that game, that job that that guy did, Anthony Lynn did, and say, that's our guy going forward? I mean, you have a very promising young quarterback, and you want to leave him in the hands of Anthony Lynn and that staff. And by the way, who is the special teams coach? I know they reassigned the guy they had a couple weeks ago. But that's the worst special teams play I've ever seen in the history of the NFL. You will never see a worse job by the special teams. Did anyone think when they lined up for that kick, uh, that field goal, which was blocked by some guy named Davis, you know, some, some, and then returned by McCourty for a touchdown, did anyone think they were going to hit that field goal? Their kicker stinks, and their special teams coordinator, coach, uh, is, is awful. And they get it blocked, and you're just thinking – the 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 best they could hope for is just to get it blocked. The worst is that it gets blocked in return for a touchdown, which it was. And that's when you started mocking and laughing at the Chargers. They had just a, a couple of things they had on special teams. 12 men on the field one time, which gave the Patriots a first down. 10 men on the field another time. Uh, a hands-to-the-face penalty, which was so bad, it was, again, going to be fourth down. And they did this idiot uh, defensive lineman does hands to the face, I believe, on David Andrews and knocks his helmet off. And and you go, I mean, you know what you're doing when you do it and you know they're not going to miss it. And you know it's going to be on, on, on TV and everyone's going to see it. Here's an idea. Don't do it. You're going to get caught. It's going to cost your team. It was the most undisciplined, stupid performance by a team I've seen in the, in the NFL all year. And it became this really fluky thing. This is the third team in NFL history to go in as an underdog and win by 45 points. In NFL history, NFL's been around for like, I don't know. Under, it was an even line, first of all. There was not big. They're acting like we, we beat freaking some powerhouse. It was an even they were line. underdogs on the road, and they won by 45. That's kind of fluky. And, by the way, Bill Belichick won in his 50th stadium. Which is pretty. It was a beautiful thing. It was. It was obviously a beautiful thing to watch that happen. Uh, but I mean, Anthony Lynn's thing is losing by three. That's what he does right. more than anybody. The Chargers are in every single game, and then they blow it at the last minute. It was Phil Rivers made a career out of doing that. But uh, I mean, so getting just. Cre- I mean, that's Jets style. What happened yesterday? Right. Forty-five nothing. So that. So that's new. So they should. I mean, it's all. It's worse to lose every game by three than it is to lose by 45 in my opinion because you're losing game by three you're, you're a shitty strategist and that's what you need to be more than anything in the nfl and yes i mean yesterday you would say that they're just they're terrible at everything they were terrible at everything they have a good promising young quarterback who is in the in in in, in a very difficult situation we'll see who the next guy is i mean now we're hearing this morning that Boomer Esiason is hinting that his friend Bill Cower might come back and coach the Jets, which is which is not good for you, right, Turtle Boy? Because no, he, he was no. a good coach. You don't want that. He was a decent coach. Yeah, you want Adam Gates to stay in New York, right? Yes, I, I, the longer the better. Hopefully they just keep passing him around the division. Is Mike Malarkey available? <laughs> getting recreds like that. You want Anthony Lynn to come yeah, to New York. Exactly. How, many, how, many years, how many years has Cower been out of the league now? I know. I, I think it's too late. I what a job. Late. I mean, he's got a cushy job in New York City. I mean, he just probably travels there once a week, obviously. He's getting paid big bucks to do it. Why would you leave that opportunity? To it's go? a good question, and it's they all do it. They can't 
ever find the adrenaline rush they get from coaching in TV or in anything else. Of all places to get the bag beat out of you by New York media every week. Like, why would you want you guys to just admit that Cam Newton is kind of fun to watch, though? Cam Newton is, uh, yes, I will I w- admit, and he's a very strong runner, and he is in a not, he's limiting the mistakes. When you're on this Patriot team, isn't that your job? That's it. You no, know, run when they tell you to run, and, and, don't throw the big pick or fumble the ball. I mean, that's that's how they you know blew it against Buffalo. We just put it on the ground and 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 gave the game away, right? This is best, best coaching job, I would argue, since since Matt Castle. I mean, the fact that this he's gotten this team back to. I mean, he's been some good teams. I mean, the Ravens are pretty good team now. The Cardinals, yeah. these are good teams. They're yeah. beating. They don't look so good anymore, but you're right. I mean, they're one game behind Tampa Bay in the standings. Belichick is one game behind Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's got maybe arguably the best weapons in the league, and and Cam Newton has the worst, or you know, among the two or three worst. When you think about what you're watching, you're watching Cam Newton and his four or now five touchdown passes. Um, it's 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 weird and fluky, but what would what would you expect? He's got you know Jacoby Myers, uh, you know Nikhil Harry. No tight ends, none. I mean, where are they? They went from having the best tight ends, you know, in NFL history to having no tight ends. Was um, did like Ryan Izzo even play yesterday? I don't even like they drafted two tight ends in this last draft in the third and fourth round. They also drafted, I mean, Gronk and Hernandez were second and fourth round draft picks who made immediate contributions to the team and were immediately pro bowlers by their second year in the league. I couldn't even tell you the name of the, I remember he was from Virginia Tech. I don't know his name. We drafted him though. And we got that guy, the Hawaiian guy from UCLA. I don't know his full name either because they don't play. So I don't know their names. Cam Newton's played 11 games and has five touchdown passes and nine picks. He's got fewer TD passes than Nick Mullins and uh, Joe Flacco and Tua. He's winning games. <laughs> and he's winning games. And, and, and he's won games and he's, uh, I guess, uh, done what they've asked of him. I don't think you bring him back next year. I think you just see what you can get out of him this year. He goes 10-6 and makes the playoffs, Jerry. Yeah, it's it, it it is remarkable what they've done or what they've done. And yesterday, obviously, they won it with uh, with special teams and and running the ball. But uh, it is a weird, fluky season, and it's hard to believe that uh, you know everyone everyone's happy. They're six and six, and their quarterback has five touchdown passes in eleven games, and everyone's uh, thrilled because every season as we know in the NFL is a war of attrition, right? Guys get hurt. Guys get tired. They get, they get banged up and, you know, coaches like Anthony in show their true colors and Belichick, you know, just takes them over his knee and spanks them. But what you got now is even more of a war of attrition because you got COVID and you got team, you know, guys who've opted out and then you got guys who get sick and you got weird fluky things happening. And that's when you find out, you know, who the, the great coaches are and, and you have the best one ever here and you find out guys when you get these weird fluky things like you're on the road they're, they're staying in la they're playing in the same stadium in three days that they played yesterday but they're still i mean let's not get over let's just because yesterday went very well they're still gonna lose i mean they'll beat the they'll beat the jets but they're gonna lose three of their last four games of the season oh the patriots yes okay, yeah. so let, let's play this out Suppose they win on Thursday night. I mean, who's to say they can't win on Thursday night? Yeah, what are they, six and a half point underdogs against the Rams in in L.A. in the yeah. same weird stadium? 
uh, with no fans. So yes, I, I, I could see them winning that game. Say they win that game. They're seven and six. Yeah. And what they have left is Miami, Buffalo, and the Jets. So that means they're at, at worst eight. That's at worst eight wins because they get the Jets in the last game. But Buffalo at home and and uh, and Miami on the road. Those here's what I the conclusion I came to last night watching the Chiefs Broncos. And you know, Chiefs won. They, it, it was we another weird game. They only scored twenty two points. The Broncos were in the lead most of the game, but. The Patriots can play with any team in the NFL. They're six and six. Their quarterback again is is they got no receivers, no tight ends, except for the 49ers who kicked the shit out of us. They, but, but we play with anybody. But the uh, but I mean, did you have you seen a team, including the Chiefs, that you'd say that team would absolutely crush the Patriots? No. Like, all, all I keep thinking about is that freaking the Seattle game. If that game, if Cam Newton had just scored like he should have there, we'd be seven and five. You think of the Denver game, how stupid that one was that got away. The Buffalo game, like this is what I, I guess this is what it's like to be a fan of any other NFL team. You just go back and replay. I could have won this game. I could have, but the Seattle game, yeah, that's the Seattle game specifically, you get better if you're coached by Belichick. You get better as the year goes on, and they're doing that now more than ever. I mean. I he just you know figures stuff out and just real you know finds a way to play with no tight ends and no wide receivers to speak of and a a quarterback it's like watching a high school quarterback you know a guy who can run you know hands the ball off just don't put it on the ground and and occasionally you know make a throw uh, but not you know not not, not occasionally not, not a lot just occasionally Jared had as many passing yards yesterday as Cam Newton right wasn't that true. Uh, uh, Cam Newton had an 80, his, his passer rating was 87. He was 12 for 19 for 69 yards. Stidham was two for three for 61 yards. Okay, so almost as and, many yards. And uh, Trent Green, the color guy, who was close to saying, um, this close to saying, boy, these uh, these Rams, uh, these Chargers are dogs. They are quitting on their coach. He was close. He was questioning their effort. I wish he went all in. He should have because that's what viewers are doing. But Trent Green uh, thought they were running up the score when Stidham threw the touchdown to old old to, to Gunner, um, and I didn't didn't think of that. Did you think of that for one second that Stidham was going to come in and just hand the ball off? You got a guy who you're you're still trying to figure out if he can play in the league. I mean, and it was early, wasn't it? When did he go in the game? Actually, when what? Uh, there was like six minutes left. Yeah. yeah, so it's midway through the fourth quarter. I thought they were going to let him throw a few times. It's, I mean, the fact that you know Gunnar Olszewski is wide open for a touchdown, I don't think that's uh, Belichick's fault. I don't think anybody was uh, accusing him of running up the score. I think he, he's not going to. He, he's not going to get the reps in a game. Just even if he's a, a full time backup, or even if he's a goddamn practice player for the rest of his, he's going to take advantage of getting the reps in a game. I would think that Belichick right. give him that. And and when I we used to do this and it became a big deal, you know, my old partner Dino and I would talk about Belichick, you know, running up the score, and they said that, and we'd fight with the afternoon show. Those those were the days in in radio, but it was mostly about leaving the starters in. It was mostly about leaving Brady in to get hit to get sacked. That's the big complaint. Um, yesterday he yanked Newton as early as I can remember him yanking a quarterback. And gave his backup a chance to go in there and play, not just hand the ball off. I had zero problem with it. I was kind of surprised Trent Green questioned that, but I guess you know when it's thirty-eight nothing and you're going throwing deep, I guess that's um, you know that that's an issue or at least something worth discussing. I didn't think he he was running up. I mean, did you have a problem with the turtle boy? 
With what? With uh, the, the running up of the throwing deep when you're up thirty eight nothing. No, no. Why would I have a problem with that? Who would ever? Who would ever have a problem with that? Besides, like, it's you. It's practice, Jerry. It's like right. literally. That's the only chance he's ever going to get for an in game. Of course, you're going to try. And, and it's not. And you know what? I got a. I got a solution. You know, I want you to cover uh, little the little white guy. Cover number eighty because they got no receivers. They got no tight ends. They got you know backs out of the backfield, but they really have no weapons. I heard uh, Albert Breer saying that they got one of the worst uh, uh, wide receiving cores in the NFL, and he, he ranked the Jets as the worst, but I don't think that he had anyone else. Anyway, the Jets Jets are bad, but any, I don't think he had anyone else in that. You know, there's, some, it, there's some teams with no, like, who's the Colts' best receiver? Uh, T.Y. Hilton, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of shitty teams with no receivers, but we're up there with them for sure. But there's teams like when you watch the Chiefs or you watch the Bucks, and you mm-hmm. say, "Wow, that's you know they got they got some uh, weapons." I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks have have like three tight ends, and they have uh, deep threats, and they have you know big guys like you know Mike Evans, and they get uh, you know Gronk, and you say, "Wow, that's that's what it's like to have weapons." But Cam Newton's got no. There's no one open. Although I will say this, the Chargers receivers look worse, and I know. Yeah, yeah, Keenan Allen, they've one of the best. Keenan, did you see anyone that was like open for Justin? Uh, I mean, for uh, well, he was Steph. Like, are we pretending like Steph Gilmore is just Swiss cheese now? Like he's one of the best in the league. He was all over Keenan Allen yesterday. He did a great job. He's back. Remember when he was going to leave like a month ago? That's right. They were going to trade him. Yeah, That's true. he's back. He's back, baby. We're back. Patriots are yeah. back. So yeah. And and they are, but there's still two games back. I'm looking at the standings. Um, where two games go? back, but they get the game in hand with Miami. You win that game, then you're one game back of Miami, and you win a tiebreaker. Miami still has to play the Chiefs. So Buffalo, Buffalo wins tonight. They're nine and three. The Bills are nine. That's we've been waiting twenty years for another team, a good team in this division. I think you got it if they and they play the the Forty ers in Arizona. Correct? Is that where the Forty ers call home now? Unbelievable! They accepted that. I'm disappointed in the NFL. I really thought the NFL was the only corporation in the world that had the power to just ignore the lockdown because they could. They're, they're close. They're yeah. close because um, consider this. I mean, they have the the tightest, strictest lockdown yet in in LA. And 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 the Patriots get to play two games there. They're stuck there for a week. The players. They're, 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 I mean. Even if there were no lockdown, I think they would stay because it's a Thursday game. They go from Sunday. Wow. To Why do you think they schedule it like that so they wouldn't leave? They did that. Uh, but I'm saying, if it were a week, you might have a question. But right. if, but it's four days, five days. You're not going to go home, even if there were no lockdown. But you have the strictest lockdown ever. And you know what I think, Turtle Boy? I'm coming around on this. I think this one is going to work. This one's going to work. This, this, you know, is, the one. this is yeah, the this one. is the one. The first two didn't work. But yeah, if if. if. We all wear our masks. Oh, that's a good point. That's Mask a good up. point because Mask God up. knows nobody's wearing masks. I think people should start and and, and, and give it a shot. What do you think? Just give it a shot. Yeah, hundred days. hundred days. Worked in New Zealand. Yeah, just a hundred days. Just a hundred days of masks. Yeah, go. I, I am coming around on the Biden administration. I don't care what Jimmy Kimmel and, and Jimmy Fallon and Stephen Colbert say. I think we're going to have some laughs, Turtle Boy. We are, at least on this podcast, we're going to have some laughs because we are going to be uh, led by a feeble, frail, senile old man who is just going to be stumbling and bumbling his way through, I don't know, a year, year and a half before they uh, 
go with the 25th Amendment. And, 44 uh, days, by the way. Should we put a countdown? in the it's top 44 right days? 44 days away. Should we count it down every day? I could yeah, do that. I'm, I'm pretty sure CNN will handle that for us. Okay. So. I do like how the 100 days encompasses the vaccine, too. It's very convenient. That's a good one. It's very yeah. convenient. And, and, and uh, I love when Trump talks about the vaccine. He says, don't let Biden take credit for it. It's all that matters. And, you know, it doesn't really matter what motivated him. Um, what what Trump did was amazing. It was miraculous, even getting of a, at least at least two or three v- vaccines faster than anyone thought possible. But all he's afraid of is <laughs> Biden will get credit, and he will. You know, CNN will give him credit. The Boston Globe, New York Times will say Biden is the reason we have a vaccine. It's a lie, but everything they say is a lie. My and biggest concern is how will the history books write it? Because obviously, well, the this history is- books is is written by mostly by by Michael Beschloss and the rest of these liberals. What's that? John Meacham, you know what? I'm just gonna guess. John Meacham will say Biden is the reason we have a uh, we have a vaccine. But you know, you and I and anyone who's paying attention will know the truth. And uh, and and Trump will be out there every day reminding everybody that he's the reason we have a vaccine. But um, right now, right now we're gonna we're seeing the worst of the um, lockdown insanity. The worst yet. I mean, worse than April in in L.A. You can't do anything. You're, it's against the rules to walk down the street. It's against the rules to ride your bike, walk your dog, unless, you know, you work in the movie industry or in the NFL. I was kind of surprised that, uh, like you said, like like you can't, San Francisco, the 49ers can't play. They can't, there's no football allowed. They have to leave the state. San Francisco doesn't have nearly the problem L.A. does. L.A. just yesterday, I believe yesterday or Saturday, had the highest number of cases yet, more than April, May, more than than ever. And you know, obviously, we you got to go with this phony. You know, the hospitals are going to be overwhelmed, so you got to lock down and you got to you know make everyone stay inside and all that. But LA is much much worse than San Francisco, and the 49ers aren't allowed to play. The Rams and the Chargers are, which is you know typical, you know, the, the mixed message, hypocrisy, whatever you want to call it. And the Patriots have no problem. They just go out, stay in the same hotel for a week and get away from everything and, and play in the same stadium twice. They won down. It was the most dominant performance overall they've had in years. And now they get the Rams, who won last night, beat Arizona. They get the Rams in the same stadium Thursday night. If they win that, man, they they got a winning record, and they are rolling. And you're right. They All they got to do is finish with uh, – uh, Buffalo. Um, you, you can count on the Chiefs beating Miami this upcoming week. So, like, let's pencil it in. Miami 8-5, and five, Patriots 7-6, and six, with a head-to-head coming up. So you control your own destiny at that point. And you, if you beat the Dolphins and you win out, which is entirely possible at this point, if they can beat the Rams, then you're looking good for the playoffs, Jerry. Did I see a did I see a after tweet yesterday that you could have Edelman back for the Bills game? Did I see that? I want Edelman back. I'm I'm perfectly happy with the way things are now. Like don't <laughs> yeah, I yes, you do. okay. Yes, you I guess do. so. I guess so, but I feel like I don't know. I kind of I think it's working. Just this run, we're a weird running team. We're like a high school team that just like you can't trust the quarterback, so just forty two smash. I, I mean, we always say you can't run the ball. You know, the quarterback can't run that off or, or they get hurt. It's the NFL. Guys get hurt. They get hit. But I don't feel that way about Newton. He, no, a, he's too he's big, strong. And, and B, he doesn't take a lot of stupid chances. He goes down smartly. He goes right. down, you know, whenever there's a risk of him getting his head taken off, he goes down and, and avoids the big hit. 
I mean, that comes yeah, from- it's like a, he's turned into Tebow. He's black Tebow at this point, except a little bit bigger. So people a, little, a little bit more accurate, I would say. With the, yeah, the I don't know about that. A little bit. <laughs> like he's turning into Tebow. All right, today's episode brought to you by Flagship Wealth. With me again, Dave McDonough. Dave, uh, big retail week. We had Black Friday into Cyber Monday. How'd that impact the market? Well, Dave, obviously people are less apt to go out and shop, but the people that did bought more, 50% more than they did last year. It's called the conversion rate. So again, positive news on the retail front. On Monday, we had Cyber Monday, record numbers again. The consumer isn't dead. The consumer is spending, and that's a positive for the stock market. All right, so you can get this and a lot more information if you go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. You put out a weekly blog each and every week diving into this in detail. And what we do too, Dave, is we try to tell people what to avoid going forward. And I would say this to you, the fear of missing out trade. Don't be that person, folks. Don't go out there and invest because your neighbor is doing that or buying the hot stock. There's a lot of risk out there, Dave, and there still is. Remember, the pandemic is still here for the next three weeks, three months, excuse me, and that's here to stay. Geopolitical risk. There's a number of risks out there. Do not chase this market. You'll pay for it. Nobody says fear of missing out more than Dave McDonough. So you don't want the FOMO. Go get flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Get the captain's blog delivered to your email each and every week. Video, audio, written, all the good stuff right there. Dave McDonough, thanks for joining me, my friend. Hey, my pleasure, David. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL, financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. All right. Let's get to this, this the latest insanity, which is, you know, let's be honest, it is Turtle Boy's beat. He's one of the uh, national authorities in Karens and uh, uh, lockdown hypocrites and uh, the, the, the culture clash, which has uh, resulted from uh, the lockdowns, the government overreach. We spent a lot of time last week on the uh, Staten Island guys who are uh refusing to close over a cop by the way do you see that yeah one of the bar owners who got arrested ran over a cop with his car not a good move but it's funny when you watch in new york it's split like everywhere else you get the new york daily news which is ultra left wing and obviously new york times which is friggin' socialist and then you get the new york post new york post defends the the bar owners and businesses who want to make a living and the new york daily news attacks them because you're supposed to piss away your life savings because some bureaucrat or some hack like de Blasio or Cuomo tells you to, they want you to be docile sheep that post and, you know, Fox news wants you to fight back. Uh, most of the media wants you to just roll over because they, you know, they don't miss a paycheck. They don't miss a, you know, a pension payment. If you're a, if you're a government employee, but a couple things, well, I want to start with LA because this thing went viral in LA. Um, they have this insane lockdown and you can look at the rule. I'll, I'll get the actual order where you're not allowed to leave your house. You're literally not allowed to take a walk and people are doing it, defying it. You're not allowed to ride your bike. I mean, you can still play an NFL game, but you can't ride your bike. Um, and, and you can't, you know, go out and play in the park with your kid. It's just, it, and the, the madness of it all, and help me out with this one, Turtle Boy, is there's zero evidence that any of this works. You know, there's zero evidence that it works. Zero. Zero. I mean, in fact, it's worse. You go inside. That's where you get the virus, inside. You don't get it outside, and yet the government orders you to go inside. There was a woman. Her name is Angela Marston. She owns the uh, Pineapple Grill, a Pineapple Hill Grill in L.A., 
and she put out a video like a lot of these um, uh, business owners, uh, entrepreneurs do, uh, telling her story. She had her mask on and she did a video and it went viral because it is so compelling and so sad about how she's ruined, her business is ruined, her employees are unemployed. And then she walks next door and shows you what you're allowed to do. If you're a movie mogul, if you have a movie company or TV company and you're making, you know, some, some TV show, you're allowed to have all the outdoor dining you want. You're allowed to work. You're allowed to be free, but her, no, no deal. She gets, uh, she has to just say goodbye to her life savings, her livelihood and tell her, you know, kids, they can't afford, you know, Christmas because of uh, Garcetti. Uh, Eric you know, out there in marching with Black Lives Matter protesters in your the amount of contempt that you should have for these people, Jerry, is off the charts. Uh, but they realize that they have a pacified population who they can just take away their civil liberties. Like our country was founded on the basis that the government should fear the citizenry. They should not mess with the citizens. That has changed now. Now that the, the citizens fear the government and look to them for protection, like if, if this was 1776, You'd have people say, oh, no, just stay home. Quarter the British. They're keeping us safe from the French, don't you know? We need them to protect us. They're do Thank you, King George. Thank Good you. Point. That's from our uh, resident history teacher, Turtle Boy. A um, couple, couple reasons it's so insane. One is you, you're not allowed to go to church. Like, you can protest. You can play football. You know, you can make a movie. But you can't go to church. And I'm pretty sure I got my little pocket constitution here. I'm pretty sure it says like right in the beginning of the Bill of Rights. It might even be the first Bill of Rights where it says you Congress can make no law abridging the freedom of religion or whatever. It also says. freedom of assembly. So freedom like of assembly. anything that people want to get together for, they can. So you, you can't make a law stopping you from going to church or assembling. And they did exactly that. And, yeah. and you hear... There's no laws. There's no laws. <laughs> There's just orders. There's just yeah. orders on high from petty tyrants, and they get the support of the mainstream media and academia and uh, you know the, the medical industry. All the establishment, the establishment supports these tyrannical orders. And on top of that, you have you know Hollywood. You have Pete Davidson, who we're going to get to on Saturday Night Live. But I want first. I want to play. Angela Marston. I want to say it's a game changer, but it's really not because we've seen other people. But this was as good a case as a person can make for um, for allowing, uh, just uh, for begging the government to let her earn a living. Just let her do her job. If you go to my page, you can see all the work I did for outdoor dining, for tables being seven feet apart. And I come in today because I'm organizing a protest and I came in to get stuff for that. And I walk into my parking lot, and obviously Mayor Garcetti has approved this. Has approved this being set up for this being set up for for a movie company. I'm losing everything. Everything I own is being taken away from me. And they set up a movie company right next to my outdoor patio, which is right over here.
and people wonder why I'm protesting and why I have had enough. <laughs> they have not given us money and they have shut us down. We cannot survive. My staff cannot survive. Look at this. Tell me that this is dangerous, but right next to me as a slap in my face. That that is so good and and just it's powerful. And they ask her in her voice, in her voice, right? I mean, that's authentic. She's crying. And can you imagine? It's one thing for a guy, a tyrant like Garcetti, a, a complete asshole. Who you're right, you know, uh, almost got on his knees. Almost. I did. actually got on his knees, almost got down and kissed the ground like the police chief in, in Webster, but got on his knees for Black Lives Matter because they told him to. That's the kind of pathetic, sad, sorry excuse for a leader, for a human being, Eric Garcetti is. They asked him about it yesterday, and I, he, you know, just dismissed her. Uh, he said the restrictions were necessary. My heart goes out to Ms. Marsden and the workers at the Pineapple Hill Saloon who have to comply with state and county public restrictions on outdoor dining. No one likes these restrictions, but I do support them as our hospital ICU beds filled to capacity. We must stop this virus before it kills thousands more Angelinos. Again, well, there's no evidence that this guy's lockdowns work. Quite the contrary. They had very strict lockdowns in the spring. Did not work. That's what we're dealing why we're dealing with this now. And, the hypocrisy, which is it, it, it's just overwhelming. She is, if you're just listening and didn't watch that video, I recommend it. But she literally shows you her outdoor dining area, which was shut down by Garcetti, and the outdoor dining area for the movie company. They looked exactly the same. They have the same tents. They're doing the same thing. Did you see last week, too, that they, and I know it's not the restaurant business, but that uh, Garcetti approved a movie to film at the site of a virus uh, testing site, basically. There were 500 no. people. There were 500 scheduled appointments at this uh, testing site that were supposed to be canceled for the filming of <laughs> a She's All That remake. Oh, <laughs> and, and he ended up it ended up hitting social media in advance, so he retracted it in the middle of the night at like two AM. There's they're so brazen. And every time I talk about this, and you you and I talk about it, Turtle Boy and Dave, is you get these people, and you're one of them, Turtle Boy says, just screw it. Open up, open up, defy the government. That's easy for you to say because yeah. A, you don't own a restaurant, B, you're insane. You like you know, like you like the, the fight. You see this woman, does she mm -hmm. look like if they, if she opened up and defied Garcetti, Garcetti would destroy her life. That's yeah. what people do. No, but if what they don't realize, like that guy in Michigan, he's just like, stand up, be free. Like they have the power to make the government scared. If they all they didn't, do, they do not. They, you're oh, wrong. No, they do, Jerry, but here's the problem: you got a bunch of snitches. You got a bunch of Tories out there. A bunch of these people that just <laughs> want to piss the government's ass. Like when Dave Blondin who's a hero, by the way, back in May, opened up his gym in Oxford, right? There was a gym in Auburn that like posted on Facebook about how, oh, just to let you know, we won't be doing this. We will be following the guidelines, these kiss-ass little bitches. And we need to be going after those businesses because back in the day, Jerry, they would have been tarred and feathered as freaking Tories. That's what, the, And that's what they are. They're Tories. This is a revolution. This is a fight against tyranny. And if you're sucking up to the king, then you got to go too. You're part of the problem. 
Well, you know, if Angela Marston opened up Garcetti and his, his, you know, his Stasi would destroy her. She'd get fined thousands of dollars. She wouldn't be able to make it. I mean, she probably can't anyway, but there's no way she could thrive and survive if she defied Garcetti. These are tyrants. They don't accept people defying their, their orders. She knows she can't open up. She has to sit there and watch them probably, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the bank will like seize her, her equipment or, you know, shut her, lock her doors while next door, you know, Polly Shore and, and, you know, Dabney Coleman are filming some movie for a Peacock network and, and can go about their merry way. It must be so maddening. And um, we'll get to this too, because here's, here's what so fr- must make it all the more frustrating. And they're not just, Snitches. You're right. There are lots of snitches out there and you have blogged about them. And, you know, I recommend reading about them because they're just the most vile human beings. None of them. And, and you've written about this uh, local rep from Cambridge, Mike Connolly. A, doesn't miss a paycheck. Doesn't miss a meal either. Doesn't miss a pension payment. Doesn't miss a day of work. Just sits at home getting fatter and pointing the finger at people who are struggling to save their businesses and looks down on them and pisses on them. And class warfare, Jerry, this is the elites at Amazon and Walmart who are sitting back profiting more than ever off of this. And the working class people are paying the brunt of it. And meanwhile, the lowest of the lowest, you know what I mean? The people that are getting checks for doing nothing. They're like, Oh sweet. This is literally my wet dream. This is socialism in action. This is fantastic. And the middle class is taking the brunt of it. They should not, they should suspend the pay of, and, and I know it'll never happen of state reps, governors, uh, mayors, you know, cut it in half. Cut it. I mean, the idea, they just uh, uh, passed a new budget in Massachusetts with a 5.5% increase in spending. We've, we've been locked down for 10 months or nine months and they increase spending. There's very little, you know, much, much less revenue coming in, uh, in the forms, you know, tax, tax money. And yet they increase spending. They don't feel the pinch. They don't feel the, 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 the pain it's and and they, and they look down on people who do. It's so freaking frustrating to sit and watch. And again, it's not, I mean, your, your, your business is doing well because this, you know, this stuff is right up your alley. Well, but here's why my business is doing okay, Jerry, why I'm still around is in the same reason this woman in LA, she'll be okay too, because you have to put yourself out there as the person who's fighting back against this. And little do you know, there's an army of people behind you who will have your back. Like I'm banned by PayPal, Twitter, and Google AdSense. I mean, that's Alex Jones territory I'm heading into now. But I'm still here because Turtle Riders will support that because they see you as the guy fighting for you and they will have your back. And this woman in LA, people have her back. Dave Rubin and people are out there. She started to go fund me. She'll be fine. That's what you have. If you fight back, there is an appetite out there and the people will support you. Hopefully, you know, Trump's vaccine arrives and saves the day. Hopefully Donald Trump and one of his final acts in office will save the day for people like Angela Marston and the guys that own, you know, Max Public House in Staten Island and the guys that own restaurants and gyms in Massachusetts. God knows the government, the governor, the mayors are set on destroying their lives and hopefully Trump's vaccine saves their lives. But the other thing, and I'm not sure the restaurant owner is going to be fine because you see the joy, the glee in the eyes of people like Garcetti when they lock you down. They love it. They love this power. They love this control. I don't think they're giving it up anytime soon. 
I mean, I think, and, and just making that video probably puts her on his, you know, his death list. He's probably going to get her and ruin her. If he, you know, and make it, make you it. Know how much money she's raising her GoFundMe in the last 24 hours, Jerry? How much? $106,000. She looked that up too. $106,000 of a $10,000 goal. Yeah. There's an appetite out there for rebellion, Jerry. I'm telling you, people are willing to put their money where their mouth is. Here's the other thing that it drives me nuts, is, and, and we'll get to Pete Davidson because I mean those Staten Island guys. Until the guy ran over a cop with his car, the owner of the bar, Max Public House. Until he did that, they had a lot of public support. We saw the rally. They had American flags and Trump flags and Blue Lives Matter flags, and they were chanting "Let us work" or "Let us open." And there, the, the difference. I mean, I understand that everyone has a right to protest. But the difference is they are protesting to go to work, to open their businesses, to be free. Black Lives Matter is protesting to destroy businesses, to dilute and burn, and Antifa's out there to just cause mass destruction. There, There is nothing positive that came out of the Black Lives Matter or Antifa protests. Nothing. They've done more destruction to this country than, than any, any you know, group that I can remember. And the lockdown people, the anti-lockdown people... They just want to work. I mean, nothing could be more American than saying, I just want to go to work. I just want to open my business. I want to save my business. So they had a lot of public support, again, until the, that idiot hit a cop with his car. It was an accident. <laughs> it happens. But the, the forces that get aligned against them, this is different because not only, and we've gone over it, not only do they have, obviously, the political establishment, the entire Democrat Party is against these small businesses, the, uh, you know, academia, um, uh, Hollywood, movies, TV, uh, the, the medical industry, you know, all the nurses and um, the teachers unions, all the unions that are aligned against them. Um, they don't, and the media, God knows, is against them. But here's, you got... Um, uh, a show like Saturday Night Live is supposed to be, they used to be, I guess it'd be 40, 50 years ago, would be, you know, counterculture. They'd be the rebels. I mean, it's hard to imagine, you know, John Belushi <laughs> being in favor of, you know, lockdowns and, 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 and mask wearing and all that. But that's what you got now. You got these guys, these, these, these entrepreneurs, these, these Americans fighting for a chance to save their business. And you got a piece of garbage like Pete Davidson, the king of Staten Island, dumping on them on, on Saturday Night Live. And, and there was real blowback. You are the but, only person who cares about Pete Davidson, literally. Would, I don't you, care, would you care to look at the, the – uh, why don't you um, – You're like Google, Why don't you do why don't you do a little Google search and see what kind of reaction Pete Davidson got um, because TMZ and the New York Post tweeted out his commentary about these guys – just see what kind of blowback he got on Twitter and on social media. And uh, let's, can we hear from Pete Davidson? Dave? Yeah, I saw uh, the protest. People were outside the bar shouting about freedom, taunting the cops, chanting that they should arrest the governor. But it's Staten Island, so I assumed that it was just like a typical last call. <laughs> <laughs> and are you against these protests? I mean, kind of, but I'm also just happy I'm no longer the first thing people think of when they say, what's the worst thing about Staten Island? <laughs> Now, back to the pub, what exactly were they protesting? Well, the bar, uh, shockingly, is in a neighborhood with the second highest COVID infections in all of New York. So the rule is that they're supposed to let people eat or drink outside. And the owner said no one wants to do that because they'll go out of business. 
But the argument that people in Staten Island don't want to drink outside can be disproven by going to literally any Little League game. (laughs) One guy at the protest even gave a speech where he literally compared not being able to drink indoors to being Jewish during the Holocaust, which must have been awkward for the people there who had to suddenly pretend they believed in the Holocaust. (laughs) Where is he? Is this Iran? (laughs) <laughs> he got uh, I, I don't know if he can play move it ahead. Uh, he said he calls them babies he says those guys are babies he actually compares makes some takes some shot at boston too but uh, he's he's accusing people who want to go to work open businesses to holocaust deniers first of all this drug-addled scumbag and you know, doesn't miss uh, again doesn't miss a paycheck doesn't miss a day of work i mean he barely works half the time he's not even there because they don't you know he's crazy and he's on drugs and he's you know he's kind of a kind of a rebel so they're never quite sure where he is secondly he he doesn't ever do or say anything funny i i watched the stand-up on uh i think it was a netflix special about a year ago it's an hour long it's awful awful but that's my point why why are you watching this well you're like trump when he tweets about saturday Night Live. Like, yeah, why you know all right let's just get back and break down the goddamn football game i mean i don't know i feel like saturday night what would you like we're not we're talking about the protests and we're talking about the fact see if you can follow me on this i know it's tough see if you can follow me on this okay I'll these try. edgy you know anti you know established used to be anti-established these, these edgy comedians are all in on the lockdown all in on the tyranny of these local governments edgy comedians support shutting down bars restaurants gyms small businesses i have a friend um who's a comedian and he's a damn good one and i've seen him a bunch of times but i talked to him the other day and it was like listening to the restaurant owner it was sad his career is destroyed he did you know clubs obviously but he also did you know corporate things he did cruises everything he's got no work he's got no income at all it's totally over for him and he's hoping you know the vaccine works and he can make a comeback but you know he's gone nine months without any income and now you have this you know this rebel pete davidson say you know those people who want to go to work they're like holocaust deniers they're they're a bunch of racists i don't even know where race comes into this but you know that's the the point he's making it's disgusting disgusting to think a a a, a rebel an edgy comedian would support de blasio and cuomo as they destroy small business it's nauseating george carlin is rolling over in his grave as we speak the state of comedy has been dead for quite some time ever since amy schumer was classified as a comedian they they've been literally set we've seen this for a while now they they've become the establishment comedy used to be a rebellion against the establishment you were supposed to say things that were edgy and you know you weren't supposed to say now they've become like the thing where we can't offend anybody. You know, we can't uh, make certain jokes like that. That's the whole point. But you know who the one guy, Jerry, that uh, kind of has rebelled against this and you shit on him many times is my man, Bill Maher. He's the only guy out there that will actually make jokes that are inappropriate. And sometimes, Jerry, he makes you clutch his pearls. Remember he made that I, Boston marathon joke? I did. Um, uh, I said this it had to be six months ago now. That's how crazy things have gotten in lockdown. I'm now a Bill Maher fan because he did a few rips, riffs, uh, uh, you know, against lockdowns and against uh, the, 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 all the petty tyrants we talk about. He was on our side, which is 
kind of bold. I'll say this. I hate him, but he is occasionally he will go against the grain. Occasionally he'll step out of line. And unlike Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, Seth Myers, the rest of those sheep late night, occasionally he will keep you guessing. And that's what a comedian should do. Um, he's a hardcore lefty, you know, and despises Trump, but occasionally he'll throw you a curveball. And I give him credit. I've done it many times on Twitter, giving him credit. That's, I mean, I, I used to hate like uh, Matt Taibbi and I hated uh, Bill. Ma These are people I, I, I root for now. I listen to because they are taking a step back and they're seeing the madness of it all. Unlike, you know, the Jimmy Kimmel's and Pete Davidson's who are stepping, you know, stay in line. You know, they do exactly what these, these Democrat governors and mayors who are ruining lives. They do exactly what they want. They cheer them on. I mean, we've talked about Cuomo, Cuomo's buddies with, you know, Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro and Sharon Stone and, and Spike Lee. And they all support him even though they know, unless they're just complete fools, they know what a disaster he's been throughout this, this pandemic, what damage he's done to New York. They just love him because, you know, he's a Democrat and he's, you know, one of them. It's, it's very disappointing and disturbing. And I don't care about Pete Davidson, except I hate, I hate watch him. I hate watch him. And it makes me sick to see these people rooting on the destruction of small business. It's just, you're right. George Carlin, would be would be nauseated by these and you're watching like first of all colin jost just looks like the such a typical douchey preppy upper middle class white kid who grew up in newton he looks like one of those kind of people and they're just sitting there by the way they're both at work while they're doing this making these jokes they're both at work with no masks on getting paid their full salary work right. on people who are below them that's why i call this a class war jerry the people that are putting this on us uh, you know, Tucker's done a great job this week about the kind of people that Biden's added to his administration. These are all just elitists. Everybody's a Harvard grad. He just pointed a woman to head the CDC who's uh, who works at Harvard. Like, these are all elite, privileged elitists who are now shitting on the middle class. Yes. And, 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 and uh, Tucker's been brilliant on this because you're right. It is a class warfare. He had a great commentary the other day where he said, how many people will be in the Biden administration you know, how many fat people, how many people who wear a hat when they eat dinner, you know, how no many care. people who didn't, he should, they should have a rule. No more Harvard grads, Yale grads, Stanford grads, no more. Yeah. Like they, if you want to have quotas, give me a community college grad in there. Give me somebody who was, how about a single mom? Are there any single moms in there? Is there anybody that's like started their own business, you know, ground up like that wasn't born with a silver spoon God in their no. mouth? God no. I mean, he did that guy who's uh, uh, big into um Black Lives Matter, and he, he protested. The guy did. They showed a video. It was a black guy who worked for, I think, Google or Twitter. He worked for Twitter, and he's worked in, you know, for Obama. And he's and he graduated from Lawrenceville and Stanford. He's a child of privilege, but he's an African American, so he gets to pretend that he speaks for the marginalized when he does yeah, just the opposite. Yeah, there's somebody like that. Her name is Kamala Harris, Jerry. Right. She's credit for being the first. Black president uh, Kamala Harris basically learned, uh, you know, she, she she grew up in Montreal. She grew, she grew up in Canada. Both her parents are professors. And why do you think she went to? Didn't she go to Howard? She went to, uh, I believe so. Yeah. Hey, why do you think she went to Howard, Jerry? 
Cause uh, I don't know the build her street cred as like because she knows that she wants to climb and that she's not it's not going to go over well as Kamala Harris the chick who grew up around a bunch of white people in Montreal so I better go to Howard to show the world that I am in fact a black woman that's why she went to Howard here's and here's the biggest lie there'll be many lies you'll be told um, from the Biden administration. But the most diverse, I love that, the most diverse diverse cabinet, the most diverse administration, this is a fact. It is the least diverse administration, the least diverse cabinet ever. They all think the same way. What is diversity? What does it matter if you have the same skin color? That's irrelevant. That doesn't mean anything. It's what you think. You know. Imagine we have relationships like that, Jerry. Imagine you're like, well, I don't get along with my wife at all, but she's fucking hot. She's like, all I care about is what she looks like. That's how the Democrats treat race. It's like, I don't care what you stand for. If you're a scumbag, as long as you, you know, are black or a female or you, you're, you're in a, you know, whatever you're Muslim, you, as long as you check a couple boxes, that's it's, literally all I care about. It's Orwellian in this regard. It's just the opposite of what they say. They said this communications team, all women, the most diverse communications. First of all, Trump had all women. Secondly, it's the least diverse. So they're all women and they all liberal and they all think the same way and they all support lockdowns and they all hate Trump. There's nothing different about them. They're, they're all the same. It's a monolith. And, and you're going to say that about anything, anyone that joins the Trump, uh, the Biden administration, they're all going to think the same way. They're all essentially going to have the same backgrounds. They're all children of privilege. None of them's ever earned an honest day's pay or worked an honest day's work. That's the kind of administration he's going to have. And we all know it and accept it. It's like, oh, cool. This guy, you know, worked for Google. This guy worked for Twitter. This guy worked for Diane Feinstein. This guy worked for Liz Warren. They're all from the same background. They're all going to seem and, and act and, and, and say the same things. And they'll pretend you know, it's, that's their definition of diversity. It's, it's laughable, but I'm ready for it. We're going to have some laughs. And if, you know, if Pete Davidson goes on next week, it's not dumping on, Angela Marston or some other people who just want to earn a living. We're going to mention that too. He's the one that dumped on, uh, on Dan Crenshaw, but hey, he also- you got a win out of him though. In that same segment, he said that he was a shitty casting for uh, it's a wonderful life. If it were a real movie. So you got a win there in that quick little five minute bit he did. So that's the dumbest thing ever. Pete Davidson. It's a wonderful life. Pete Davidson is such a punk, such a spoiled punk. I mean, he doesn't where, does he, where does he rank in your power rank? We were talking earlier. People love lists, Jerry. Uh, where does he rank in your power rankings? Is he above Chris Wallace or below Chris Wallace? Oh, he's below. No one's above okay. Chris Wallace right now. Chris Wallace is the worst. He's a backstabbing double agent in there working for Biden at Fox News. Put John Brennan on yesterday and let Brennan lie for 20 minutes. It was disgusting. I didn't watch it all. I just, I, I literally turn it off when I see his face. I hate Chris Wallace. I'd put, he's right there with the rest of those late night uh, assholes, you know, uh, Kimmel and, and Fallon and Colbert and, and Pete Davidson. They're all establishment stooges. That's what they are. They're all rooting for the government against the freedom loving entrepreneurs. It's all the main, the media is pushing this, Jerry. I go on Facebook and all I see from every single mainstream media outlet these days is we spoke with a nurse. There was literally um, on WWLP, there was a headline that said, we spoke with a nurse who can tell you what the body bag, a zipper on a body bag sounds like. I, I bet you it sounds like a zipper of any other thing. <laughs> Which, by the way, like you work in a hospital, okay? You literally signed up to see dead people. That's what you do. 
have, do, you, do you remember any news stories out there in which they interviewed the traumatized police officer who just had to call a mother and let her know that her 16-year-old son died in a car accident? Did you see anything like that? Did you, did, did you hear about the, the, the crying firefighter who talked about how he had to pull a dead body out of a building? Did, did they interview that guy? Because I, I missed that headline. How come the only traumatized people that we care about are nurses who are watching COVID people die? Because it uh, it works for the narrative, you know that Turtle Boy. It works for the you know, this is all media driven. This is just media driven bullshit. Because they don't want to, they don't want traffic on their commute into work. That's what this is all about. Yes, and they, I mean, think of it. They, you know, they root on school closings. They want today big story in the Boston Herald, and I think in the Boston Globe, saying um, health officials encourage Baker to. Uh, have more lockdowns and more strict measures in place. He's not locking down enough. By the way, first time in years, Saturday night for me, first time being kicked out at last call. Really? We were out to eat. It was 9 o'clock, and they said, this is last call. And I said, what? Now you forget, because there's a 9.30 curfew. So at exactly 9.30, they kick everyone out, and everyone just goes together, you know, out and uh, breathes on each other. You know, everyone comes in. At, at the same time, because the, the you know, dinner hours are, are uh, condensed, everyone crowds in the restaurants at 9 o'clock, breathes on each other, and everyone leaves at the same time. So that's for health purposes. That's for public health purposes. But it was funny. I laughed at my wife and said, wow, I don't remember last time. Let's go. Anything else? This is last call. Yeah, it's not as cool to get uh, kicked out at 930 for last call as it would be for like uh, 130 or 2 a.m. or something like that. Yeah, and I and I got up. We, we pay our check and I got up and the guy says, oh, well, you know, the uh, waiter. He wasn't our waiter, but he was over there at the, the check-in spot. And he said, oh, sir, sir. And I go, what? He goes, mask, mask. And I go, what? I just sat and ate for an hour. Drank and ate with no mask, but I, as soon as I got up to like head to the door, he, he snaps because I didn't have my mask on to walk eight feet to the front door. I said, "Oh, sorry, man, I put my mask on." Save lives. That's what it's all about. It's about it's about being like Biden says about being patriotic, Turtle Boy. I wanted to be a patriot, so I put my mask on, walked eight feet with no one except my wife out the door, took my mask off because I might call you a hero. Only an insane person wears a mask outdoors. I. Follow the law and the rules, but outdoors on a windy, cold you know, Saturday night in the city, I'm supposed to mask up outdoors with my wife. That's madness. All right, a couple more things. Let me uh, let me tell you about Shea Concrete first, and let me uh, get to a couple more things before. And 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 we want to mention <clears throat> Turtle Boy's <clears throat> blogging, blogging over the weekend because you did some fine blogging over the weekend, Turtle Boy. But first, I'll tell you what Shea Concrete can do for you. Do for anyone. They can build you a building. That's what they can do. Build you a precast concrete building. They partner with Easy Set Worldwide and they manufacture precast concrete buildings for multiple applications in a variety of sizes. Shea's been manufacturing precast buildings for over 17 years and no one does it better. Precast concrete buildings provide the most durable and long-lasting option compared to other modular building applications such as metal, wood, masonry. Shea Concrete Manufactures delivers and installs these engineered precast concrete buildings as a true turnkey provider from initial handshake through the final installation support. With a focus on cost efficiency and quality control, each of their precast concrete buildings are pre-assembled at their factory and typically delivered and installed in one piece by their experts. Uh, you know what makes them uh, better than other buildings? They, they can uh, they can build them 
in the worst of weather because they do it indoors. That's unlike other, you know, wood, metal. They do it indoors in, the, in their big plants. They build your building. This increases productivity, lowers cost, and gives the customer a legitimate time frame of when the building will be placed on site. To learn more, simply go to shakeconcrete.com or call them up and ask for Frank or Mike. These are the experts in these buildings. They'll tell you what you need. They can tell you what sizes they can build. It's the answer. You need a building, go for a precast concrete building. Call them today or just log on to shakeconcrete.com. Learn all about their precast buildings. I told you a couple things before we get to your uh, fine blog. Um, I want to congratulate LeBron James. He's uh, Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year for the third time. And um, what is the chances that when, you know, he makes his acceptance speech, he gives a shout out to the Uyghur Muslims who are in concentration camps in China. Anything, anyone? Um, slim to none, I'm guessing. <laughs> if, if LeBron James were not, if it just play along, if he uh, supported Trump this summer, I mean, all he did, he won that little silly summer tournament they had somewhere in this, in, right? That's all he yeah. did. He avoided the Clippers. Yeah. So he got the week. That was the easiest trip to the finals ever. You avoided the Clippers and the Bucks. So avoid the Clippers and the Bucks. Won some little summer tournament in Orlando, and that's Sportsman of the Year. Far as I'm concerned, Sarah Fuller got robbed. All right, that's all I'm going to say. Yes, she did. Uh, but congratulations. Did you, see little, uh, did you see the game day feature on Sarah Fuller, where the t- where the starting QB said a lot of people on the sidelines were crying? Wait, where that? were they crying at? Like how pathetic it was that this girl was kicking and. Uh, Making a oh, speech. She, she executed. She executed this squib kick perfectly. So that's uh, that's why they. I, I I feel like she got deprived though. They canceled the game at uh, at Georgia. I think she was going to have a big game. You know, four or five field goals. They were going to win, of course, at Georgia. But they don't, canceled that game. Don't be sad for Sarah Fuller because she got to do. Uh, I guess before Titans games, they do something with a hammer or some shit, and Dolly Parton couldn't be there, so Sarah Fuller stepped right in, and she got to be the hammer person. I okay. did not. I did not realize that. Is that yeah. true? Yes. Well, all right. Uh, but uh, big surprise, Sportsman of the Year, LeBron James. For the, I don't know who I would have picked, but if you gave me a, a little bit of time, I would have found someone um, found someone else besides him yet again. I'm not sure what you write. You know, you, when you pick a guy like that, you have to write a big story, like eight-page story that nobody reads. What are you going to write that we don't already know about LeBron James? The headline says LeBron James, the activist athlete. And I think that, uh, you know, not, I know, know, uh, you know, I I know your feelings on Colin Kaepernick, but at least Colin Kaepernick like fought for something. I do. When you think of LeBron James, think of activists immediately. Oh, yes. Or a t-shirt that says hands up and, uh, and, uh, you know, black lives matter. And and he said, I hope Colin Kaepernick is proud of us because they took a knee before their summer league, you know, tournament down in Orlando. But um, I don't think that, that honor, that uh, that award doesn't hold quite the, the weight it once did. But if you gave me a few minutes, I could come up with many, many more worthy uh, candidates. But uh, um, in um, local, local, little, little uh, feud, fight locally here, my old radio station got eviscerated by Craig Carton. And I'm just going to say, I haven't done this a lot. I'm going to defend my former colleagues, my friends. Ordway, Maloney, and Fourier. They had Craig Carton on their show the other day, and they, they, and Carton, as we know, is a felon, a criminal who ripped off people. And they joked, jokingly asked about conjugal visits in prison because he did a, a, a year or whatever in federal prison. 
and he didn't like that. He's a very sensitive guy and a very vain guy. And he didn't like that. Fourier was just being Fourier, kidding around, joking around. So he went on a nine-minute rant. We're not going to play it all, obviously, ripping EEI and ripping uh, Fourier and Maloney. And, and, and those guys are good guys. Ordway, I root for them. Ordway, Maloney, and Fourier are good guys. They do a good job. Um, if I was forced to listen to the station, I would probably uh, listen to them. I don't, like everyone else. I'm a podcast guy now, so I've uh, changed my listening habits. But it is remarkable. This guy stole from all these people around him, trusted friends, colleagues, stole five million or thereabouts. I mean, just ripped off everybody. Which it is, it's, and he got out of prison, and like three days later, the company hired him back. Now this is the same company that got rid of me because I said four-year-old children should not transition. And you know, you can, you can question that all you want that's a fact if if i never said four-year-olds shouldn't tra- a four-year-old boy shouldn't transition to a girl they never would have been a murchison i don't think and uh, and uh, i'd still be there which is uh, i I'm, I'm glad i'm glad it all worked out and and then we'll have some uh, we'll have some news on that soon it all worked out great i can't imagine being on that sinking ship right now but the nerve of a guy who just got out of prison to sit there and mock someone else because they, you know, dare to ask about conjugal visits. But are you allowed conjugal visits? Is that is that a thing? Uh, were you joking or no? No, I, I don't know. Are you allowed conjugal visits? The answer is no. And no, to, no you know, conjugal you visits. Could, you could do anything you want to try to make light of my going to prison. And I'm not you, trying I mean, to make light make, of it at all. You're making a jackass of yourself, How am I making light of it? You know like, full well there are make, conjugal visits How am I making so light of it? He wasn't mocking him. He was like pissed like yeah he was right. angry about it he was but, almost it was above him like what, what is this goofy hour and you know what Jerry? it was just it was a stupid question he could have googled other conjugal visits i mean i could ask a much more pointed question than that like have you apologized to each and every victim that you hurt like don't you think it's kind of messed up that you're getting this second chance you know uh when other people like at our own station if if i were christian for you i would have said well you know we've lost kirk and jerry to, because of a comment about a trans, do you think it's fair that they got fair, but you're back and you're a convicted criminal? And and he, I mean, the idea that that's not that bad that you stole from people all around you. And by the way, you know, you know, it's a big reason that sports radio is is even surviving this long is gambling. You know, gambling. You know, that's that's about just gonna say. Yep. Is this guy doing like gambling he reads? Nope. He's not doing it. That's the, that is the biggest category for sports radio right now, and he can't touch it, and they're fine with it, it with bringing him back there. It's- I haven't heard much from him, but is anyone asked him why? I, my question would be, and this I guarantee would, wouldn't would sit well. He would take offense. Why didn't he rip off Boomer? I mean, they were partners. Boomer's loaded. If he ripped off all these people around him and, and he tried to rip off like Brandon Mark, why didn't he rip off Boomer? Maybe Boomer was one of the like maybe he got enough money and Boomer was the lowest on the total pole that he would have went to at that point. I, I would have gone loyalty, loyalty, Jerry. It's loyalty. I mean, I, if I were them, I'd bring them back. I mean, that's good for ratings. It, it, for for once, Jerry, yeah. WEI did something relevant the other day. You know, like well, nobody's been talking about WEI since you guys left. Nobody cares about them. They get carton on. They get a little bit of drama. Have you seen WEI talk about? Like, I would be talking about this nonstop if I was WEI. Good, well, we I heard. Guys. I heard, uh, well, I saw it on Twitter that Lou wasn't happy that no one had, the other shows didn't have his back, yeah. uh, which I don't blame him. I Shocking. mean, Bale and Keith don't have anything to say. Shocking. 
They didn't like, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I can't say, did they not mention it? If he did, that was an inappropriate question from Christian. I think we should tell the details of this. What do you think about one of your colleagues ripping off everybody around him for millions, millions, lying to everybody? It's amazing. You would think your word would be the most valuable commodity. Well, his word is shit, right? I mean, he lied to everyone, stole from them, and I guess... We all de- deserve a second chance, and you're right. Putting him on the air is a good, uh, you know, ratings bo- uh, uh, boost. But that's uh, pretty serious stuff that he did, you know. And you just say, "Hey, he's back. Let's go." What show do you want to stick him on? Without uh, feeling like <laughs> he didn't really, you know, pay a price. And maybe he did. Maybe personally, he apologized to everybody. Maybe he'll pay them all back. But I'm just going to say, I know I'm biased, but. I would say his offense was a little worse than mine. That's just, you know, my take. Yeah, like has the WEI Twitter account been, like if I'm pushing this, I'm like, good, we got something. that pe- People are talking about us again. We're relevant. We need to keep going with this feud between Fourier and Carton. We got something here. Are they even talking about it? That should be their, like they finally are pushing the needle. I would be talking about it nonstop if I were them. Well, OMF, OMF certainly is. I don't know about the the other show. Lou has been fantastic. Lou, Lou had a great, a great retort to say yeah. His, you know, tweet on, uh, his tweet on Friday was fantastic. It says, every day I wake up, I thank God that I never spent time in a federal prison. Of course, I'd never steal $5 million from those who are close to me or, and trust me either. So I have that going for it. I mean, Lou is chirping right, right all, all that's, the way. That's a good response, a good yeah. retort that he, you know, he's a felon, he's convicted and, and you're not. And, you know, I mean, something to be said for that. And uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't know like how it's all going to work out for, I assume Carton's, you know, the money he's earning in radio, he has to go to the victims, right? He has to pay them back. Does he not? Yeah. I, I would. Yeah. He said he had to, that, he said, that's why I have to work is because I have to pay $5 million back. So I got to do it a little, you know, a little bit at a time, uh, which whatever. I mean, but my big thing is like, how are you, you have such an awesome feud here and you got nothing. You got nothing. I'm on WEI Twitter's feed, and they're talking about Gunnar Oshevsky, and I'm going back. I can find nothing about this. The radio station itself is not promoting a ratings driver, which is insane. They re- they retweeted OMF. So, I mean, they're doing like the ba- the bare minimum, to your point. They're doing the bare minimum to promote something like that. Like no. this, I don't want like this is like the Kirk Minahan school of freaking radio broadcasting. Create controversy, talk about it, and people will come. Well, I would say if we were uh, still there, we'd be talking about it. And I, uh, so. we, I would certainly have uh, OMF's back backs because I don't, I don't care what he says. <laughs> the fact that you can just walk back in and go back to work after what he did is uh, a little, I'd say a little, a uh, little hypocritical. The, uh, my old, uh, I mean, a lot of people, back, you know, a lot of people have come back from jail, did, did a stint. I feel like it's happened before, hasn't it? Uh, come back from jail, from yeah. prison. Year, you know, year or so. Did Martha Stewart. How long did she do? Yeah, she did six months. She did, you know, half a year. Um, you know, you, you know what you don't come back from, and I keep wondering what, when, like Bill O'Reilly is going to come back from. You don't come back from paying thirty to forty million dollars to your victims. Um, in this day and age, I mean, Bill O'Reilly should have been somewhere front row center during the election. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, he's on Twitter and he's on the first, but I guess you don't come back from that. I mean, unless you're unless you're a liberal, and then you know the whole the whole 
MSNBC staff has come back from Joy Reid, come back from doing the anti-Semitic blog. Uh, Al Sharpton's a tax cheat. He's got a regular show. Mike Barnacle's on like every morning. Mike Barnacle. Uh, Brian Williams is one of their evening hosts. If you're on, if you're a liberal like everything else, you know, you can come back from anything. Hey, Jerry, I mean, there's some of their heroes are people like Asata Shakur, like convicted right. criminals, Angela Davis, people that are bad news, have done bad, bad things. They like that. Yeah, that's true. You can, I mean, it depends. If, and I don't even know. Is Cardinal liberal? I don't even know. I, I don't know. He's just got a sport. I mean, he drove the ratings. Of course, they're going to want him back. If he, drink, if he brings people in, why wouldn't you bring him back? I don't know. It looks like Boomer's doing great with his new partner. I mean, he's, his ratings are great. Are they? I, I haven't been. I don't know. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't pay that close attention. You want to ask me about podcasts? You want to yeah, ask I'm a podcast guy. I can tell you, you what know, I ask me about uh, Rogan. Alex Jones gave Rogan a rifle on during their podcast, gave him a brand new rifle with ammo, and they were drinking and smoking weed. <laughs> and that got everyone all upset. Alex you Jones. You couldn't do that in radio. <laughs> yeah, you, no, you could not do that. And people want him canceled now because of that, because you're platforming Alex Jones. But Alex Jones, I had no idea how funny he is. He's funny. He and he, you know what? He's smart. His mind is amazing. His mind is so sharp and so quick. It's incredible. You can't it's even crazy at the same time. Like so, so much of what he says is just ridiculous. Right. But he just does. He delivers it so funny. He's so entertaining. I can't stop watching him. You, you, and you, uh, you should be on Alex. You guys are buds now. You and Alex Jones and Milo and and Laura. I'm a deep thinker, though. I'm a deep thinker. I'm like I try to be taken seriously. Like Alex Jones isn't trying to be taken seriously. How does he make all his money? How does he have so much money? Like I assume same way. He either, he must have some kind of uh, subscription option yeah. and donations. But other than, you know, survivalist people that sell those, you know, boxes full of canned goods. Yep. Who's advertising? Like, who's his big advertising? You're, you're thinking the wrong way, Jerry. You're thinking the old business model, which is dependent on advertising. You got to be dependent on your followers. That's who you can count on because they are the people that cannot, you can't cancel your followers. You can cancel advertisers. They can be scared into advertising with you, but you can't cancel people who are willing to give you 10 bucks a month you can't do that well that's a hard thing to do get them to pay 10 bucks a month during it's, the pandemic everyone's losing their jobs and losing their business you'd be surprised um i'm you know i'm i'm cutting back i think i'm uh, you know magazines and subscriptions i i'm letting them letting some of them lapse you know why because they're all just social justice pc crap all of them like I'm on, I'm on Infowars website now, right. and almost all of the ads are for themselves. Like, here's a link to my store. You can buy freaking C. They're selling um CBD products on here, like all types of stuff. People probably just buy this stuff. This is how oh, they if make- I were if I were like a company selling CBD or something, I just like white label the product and say slap Infowars on that. Let's make you know what I mean. Make it. Right. He's got an audience. Maybe so, you don't need a brand all over it, but he's got. They're selling arrest Fauci shirts. So this is how you make a living. You just no. your own brand. <laughs> well, that's, you know, you know that better than anyone. Well, I, I, we don't really have time to get into all your blogs. I got to wrap this up, but a couple of great ones over the weekend. You had, uh, some fat drunk guy who was, uh, uh, who was mocking people that want to go to work. You took him apart one or, or go to the gym. You took yeah. him apart wonderfully. And then you had, the ultimate Karen, a teacher, a teacher uh, from, uh, she lives in Boston, but she teaches in Lowell, who is demanding her neighbor take down the Blue Lives Matter flag. Now that she wrote him, she wrote him a note. She wrote him a note first. 
and he didn't give in to her demands, which she couldn't understand. Like, how could you say no? I told you this is racist. Well, it, was, no. it was polite, right? Didn't you say it was a polite yeah, note? Yeah, but the note in and of itself, the act of writing that note is not polite. That's what she doesn't mm-hmm. understand. Is That guy put that flag out there for a reason. He knows goddamn well what it stands for and what it stands against, and that is against Black Lives Matter and this organization that hates the police. And so he put it out there, and then he gets a note. And she honestly thought that, oh, he'll get this note and he'll learn. I'll educate him. And then when he didn't, she didn't know what to do. So now she's organizing a harassment campaign of him. I mean, I mean, I understand people don't like to see Trump flags or MAGA hats because they hate Trump. But Blue Lives Matter is in support of cops. I think in this time when cops are under siege, it's a good time to support cops. How is it racist? Every big city, half the cops are black. Because they've just once they've established it as racist, like what one person calls it racist, it just is, and then they move on. Like we had this fight in Hingham over the summer when the fire department wanted to have uh, thin blue line flag on their truck to honor Michael Chestnut, one town over, you know, and they canceled that. This is a public institution, the fire department, so we can do that. But now that's not enough. Now they're going after private homes. Like this is amazing. I got. Oh, I got it right here. I think I did. I got my Blue Lives Matter uh, face mask, but nobody's giving me a hard time. I'm kind of disappointed. I've I haven't been harassed by anyone. As, and when I go outside without a mask or run or bike without a mask, I'm not getting harassed by anybody. I, you know, I want to make the Turtle Boy blog. That's what I want to do. I want to get harassed by a Karen who uh, you know doesn't like my mask. Hmm. But maybe that'll happen soon. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Biden's already said he's demanding we all wear masks for 100 days. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it's going to take, Turtle Boy, 100 days to flatten the curve. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, you need, to, and coincidentally, the vaccine will come out and be widely distributed during that time, too. And then we'll, we'll say it's because of the masks. Yeah, oh, that's true. Well, then the mask, this, this time it's going to work. This time. Jerry, the CBC itself said that masks are more effective than the vaccine. They testified in front of, remember he said that? It's one of the great quotes that uh, people forget about in this. The head of the CDC testified in front of Congress and said, my mask is the best defense against tax. It's, uh, it's uh, against more COVID. effective than a vaccine. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Like that, so get used to They're, they're going to say, look, it was all because of masks. That's how this is going to be written. It's, but he, it's a fact that everyone's already wearing masks. Everybody indoors. Stop using logic. Stop. It's everybody's already wearing masks. We've already tried locking it down. It doesn't work. But. Maybe this time. All right, you can check out those blogs because they are good. You did a good job this weekend, Turtle Boy. Worth reading, and I think you're gonna. There's gonna be more. There's just no end to this. This, uh, like I said nine months ago, is right up your alley. You can check out Turtle Boy's fine work at tbdailynews.com and follow him on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow Dave on Twitter. But uh, thanks to uh, Shake Concrete and Allied Paving and DCU and Flagship, and thanks to everybody for listening. Please. Uh, subscribe. We need you to subscribe, rate, review. Those are important. We're learning more every day, Colin A. It's very important. We need subscribers. We need raters. We need reviewers. And that's why I always preach it every day, but I do have a, one thing to report, and it's not that uh, Tom Brady's house in Brooklyn was broken into, by the way. That's that's breaking within the last hour. A uh, suspect arrested there. However, we were talking about Pete Davidson earlier this morning. We were just kicked off. We were kicked off Facebook Live about 45 minutes ago because we used that Pete Davidson clip. So... Was Pete that Davidson, why? Pete Davidson won Jerry Callahan zero. Oh, you kicked off for playing Saturday Night Live. Yeah, wow. they're brutal. NBC's brutal about that. Did, they, did you get it? Did they explain that that's the reason why? Yeah, or it says it's blocked content. Yeah. Even though we were referencing it in the news where I could fight that. We, I could fight that's, that. fair, that's fair use. Yes, exactly. 
So wow, I thought. I mean, uh, you know, uh, oh, listen, a win's a win, Jerry. A win is a win, and Pete Davidson has your number for at least one day. For at least, uh, a- yeah. Why don't we see if we can get him on? He, yeah. maybe he's uh, promoting something. Oh, he's got to promote. Uh, 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 it's a wonderful life. Yeah. The reading of it's a wonderful life. Uh, but you know what? He can. Uh, we, he won today, but I'm just going to predict right here and now. I'm much older than he is. I'm going to predict I outlive him. That's my guess. There you go. I'm predict I outlive Pete Davidson. But Pete we'll Davidson right. Part of Jerry's. What is it? The death pool? Is that how he does the death, the death thing? pool? I, yeah. I, I pick Pete in that. He doesn't look good. He does not look well. But uh, anyway, right. hopefully we'll be back there tomorrow. But thanks, Turtle Boy, and thanks to everybody. See you guys. This is the Callahan Podcast. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.